Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a guiding principle study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Guiding Principles. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Anonymous Podcast, Guiding Principle Study. This is episode 75, where we'll be continuing on with Tradition 9. Uh, tonight, if you want to grab your books and follow along, we'll be starting on page 163, the very first paragraph on that page. Before we get started tonight, we're going to go around and do some introductions. Uh, Tony, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Sure. My name is uh, Tony C. I live in Austin, Texas, Central Texas area. Uh, my clean date is 72302. Awesome. Great to have you with us, Tony. How you doing, Des? Good. Hi, everybody. I'm an addict named Des. Um, I live in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. My clean date is July 24th, 1995. And my uh, I attend meetings in the Wisconsin region and virtually. And my home group is We Choose to Live Noon Meeting out of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, fully virtual. Glad to be here. Awesome. Good to see you again, Des. Hi, Miss Gina. Hey there. My name's Gina H. I'm from Eugene, Oregon. I, my clean date is 9 13 uh, my home group is Solutions for Living, also in Eugene, Oregon, Lane County, and um, we meet Sunday night at six o'clock, so if you're ever in Eugene, come see us. Awesome. Great to see you again, Gina. How you doing, Phil? My name is Phil. Phil I am. My clean date is 4 um, my, my home group is Men in Recovery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I attend meetings in the Pittsburgh area of Pennsylvania. Awesome. Thanks, Phil. How you doing, Mike? Hi, how are you? Grateful recovering addict named Mike from Massachusetts. My clean date is January 1st, 2017. Uh, I, my home group is the I Can't Weekend group of Narcotics Anonymous. We meet Thursday nights at 8 p.m. at 47 Elm Street in Everett, Massachusetts also known as the rec center. Um, I attend meetings in the Northeast mass area of narcotics anonymous and virtually as well. Thanks. Thanks Mike. Great to see you again. All right, everybody, we're getting started tonight. At the top of page 163 Des is going to kick us off tonight. Uh, Des, um, after, you after you introduce yourself, Will. Oh, my name's Will. I'm an addict. <laughs> uh, my home group is Sunday Serenity Group in Ashtabula, Ohio. My clean date is February 27th of 2013. Sorry, I got ahead of myself there. So, Des, if you want to uh, read the tradition for us and then take us off on page 163. Absolutely. All right, tradition nine. Any as such ought never be organized, but we may be, we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. And here goes the reading. Loving service is the work of a power greater than ourselves. The privilege to participate in the miracle does not make us miracle workers. Tradition nine helps us to retain our anonymity even when we help to accomplish great things because it reminds us that we are always servants. 
Whatever our service efforts, we are guided by our sense of responsibility to the addict who still suffers and by the direction of those who care enough to stay informed and involved. Without other people to discuss our plans with, it's much easier to run off course. We may encounter trouble, trouble when service responsibilities are one member operations. When we act alone, we make decisions alone, and it's hard not to feel an ego investment in those decisions. NA service never happens in a vacuum. Even when we seem to be by ourselves, there are no solo efforts in Narcotics Anonymous. Our direct responsibility to those we serve keeps us from falling victim to our own egos. It can be very difficult not to hear feedback as personal criticism. Ooh, that's some good reading. Um, yeah, so when I, when I read that, I'm just coming off of a weekend of regional service. I'm, I'm a trusted servant on my regional level here in Wisconsin. And um, since the pandemic, we've been meeting either virtually or we did become a hybrid body now. And I have not attended my regional service for the entire weekend, um, going away from home, staying in a hotel and that kind of thing since the pandemic. And I always did before that. And um, just because of the choices I was making. So this weekend I went and I was there all weekend and, um, and it was cool. And I, I got to uh, engage with people and um, help out in the room. There was some missing pieces because when we meet in a hybrid fashion, which means some people are there in person and some people are there virtually, we are missing some pieces of communication. And what I learned this weekend is the people who traditionally uh, attend virtually don't attend in person and the people who traditionally attend in person don't attend virtually. So we were able to have some pretty good discussions about how to make sure that we're doing that in the right way for everybody so that the person on the virtual side, when they can't hear, they don't feel uncomfortable saying, I can't hear, you know, the microphone needs to be closer or whatever. So that was really cool. It was cool to be there for that. And I think, I, I can't predict for sure, but I know that um, we did talk outside of the, the body about discussing at the next region, assigning a person who would act as the liaison between the virtual and the in-person people. So their main focus would be making sure those communications are there. And when, I, when I'm involved in stuff like that, that's what I think about with this tradition, because it's about what are we not doing and what can we do better and how can we get involved? And that's a great example. Like we, we weren't doing hybrid meetings before the pandemic and now we are. And, and what's happened in my region is we have some members who would have never been involved with region because they don't have the means to travel or, or the ability to leave home or, or, or come in person, but they're great trusted servants who are doing gads of work you know, from, from their part of Wisconsin. And my region is pretty large geographically. We're not just a city, you know, we're a whole state and even branch up into um, a northern part of Michigan. So it's understandable that sometimes people don't want to drive eight hours to come to a region. I get that, you know, fully. So that was really exciting for me. And um, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for writings like this that say NA is not a solo act. You know, nothing ever happens in a vacuum because so many times in my experience over the years, um, I, I've, well, I, I can honestly say that I've probably felt like I was the only one who cared about certain things getting done 
even though other people were helping me, but I would be like, why does nobody care? And then I would have to slow myself down and ask for help or allow people to help. And then the help would come. And I think that's a huge thing um, because sometimes, I mean, you guys might not know this about me, but I might have a strong personality and sometimes I can scare people away. And sometimes I can be like really, um, really uh, direct with my words. And um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just defines who I am. And, um, and I've learned over the years how to use that, how to use it in a proper way that isn't like a cruel way. And I came from a world where to live, you had to be direct with your words. You know, I, I grew up having, you know, in violence and I had to defend myself. So what I've learned through service is how to not be violent and how to get my point across and how to work with others. And, um, and I love the sentence that says, um, we are guided by our sense of responsibility to the addict who still suffers and by the direction of those who care enough to stay informed and involved. And I love those people in service, the people who don't necessarily have the position, but they have the experience and they are there to guide us, you know, and um, sometimes I'm like, oh, I hope that I'm one of those people someday. And I don't know that my day has come yet, but I, I hope that as I get older, I can become that, that wise person in the room that knows, oh, look here in the policy, or we used to do it this way. And sometimes I do that, but I love those people so much and they're so important to how service happens. So that's all I'm gonna share for now. Thanks so much, you guys. Awesome, Des. Thanks. I see, Phil, you got your hand up. Wow. There was a whole bunch of things, and that was good stuff, Des, that uh, grabbed me, but there was a whole lot of things that uh, grabbed me. I still need to be mindful of um, of Tradition 9, too, and it's still re responsible to those they serve, and remember, it's for the, the member and uh, all of us, and this reminds me that all of us uh, uh, can be servants and and maybe even should, well you know what i can't even negotiate uh this tradition nine helps us to uh retain our anonymity even as we help to accomplish great things because it reminds us that we are always servants see i i, I can't even negotiate that's tradition i can't even negotiate that and um the other cool things with the egos and things getting in, in the way, I can do. Um, I can do that in a home group. You know, uh, I'm I'm there all the time uh, setting up. Why am I the first one here all the time setting up? I should be glad that people tear it down after it's over. But uh, my ego can get in the way, and uh, I need to get out of the way. And then, then it talks about uh, how how she she ended it. Our direct responsibility to those we serve keeps us from falling victim to our own egos i can do that okay it can be very difficult not to hear feedback as personal criticism i'm guilty of that I, i'm i'm so guilty of that but um i'm just so i need to be more mindful of it and um and, re and just remember, I'm a member of Narcotics Anonymous. I always serve, no matter what level. I'm not saying trusted servant, but I always serve at some kind of capacity. That's all I have. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Phil.
Yeah, well, addict. Um, there was a lot good in here. I, um, you know, sometimes the program just really gels well with your personal life and things outside of it. You know, probably why we have then all our fair sections of the questions in here. But um, where I, I, I'm employed, servant leadership is, is something that was taught to me. Um, and I love in here where it says, without other people to discuss our plans with, it's much easier to run off course. Um, and we've discussed a number of times, like my uh, my first uh, picture of service was I get to go be in charge um, and how wrong that turned out to be. Um, and I've been in a position where, you know, it was just one or two people. And I remember how uncomfortable it was to try and make decisions or to, 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 to do anything for the group when there was only, you know, one or two participating. Um, it was very nerve wracking, man. It, it didn't feel comfortable to feel like one or two people was making a decision for a group. Um, so I, I really latch on to, you know, having as much participation as possible. And then that last line, it can be very difficult not to hear feedback as personal criticism. Um, this is a great gift this program gave to me uh, because in, in the past, like I'm a manipulative guy. Uh, what I say out of my mouth usually has an angle, um, has something to go. So I never really uh, was trustworthy. Someone was saying something to me is exactly what they were saying to me. And to be in a place where I can go, he's saying that to me and he's not saying it to be an asshole and he's not saying it to call me stupid. Um, he's trying to help. Um, really helped in my professional life as well. Uh, really helps when I deal with with uh, with my sponsees. So they, you know, there's the other group, there's someone on there that says, you know, you gotta love people enough to tell them the truth. Uh, and, and I learned, you know, it doesn't have to be like a bludgeon to just go to someone and go, hey, look, man, you're not doing this right. Or, hey, we might need to look at this for a couple of years, like somebody else shared. Or, Hey, I've done this in my past and I've seen, seen where this might end up, you know, let's talk about it and let's look at it as a whole um, and invite other people in. So yeah, really good couple paragraphs. I think that's all I have on it though. Uh, see Tony you got a hand up. Yeah, this is great. I, you know, it's funny. I just went through this. I, I, uh, I became the, uh, I was used to be the uh, H&I subcommittee chair. And when we hit COVID, uh, all, our, all our facilities shut down. So we couldn't do anything. And so we came up with the idea of revising our pol HNI policy for our area because it was kind of dated. And so that's what we did. And we did that on Zoom. And, and you know, um, even though I took the lead on it, you know, there was 15 of us, you know, and, um, and, and the whole thing was that consensus that we, you know, we're doing this for not just for us, we're doing it to get ourselves patted on the back. We're doing it for the next, the next person up, you know, the next man up who's going to come up and follow us behind is this. Is this, is this document going to be uh, usable and, and we're going to be able to use it? People are going to follow it. It's going to be easy to follow, easy to find things and things like that, right? And so we had to do that. We had to get our own egos out of the way. Our direct responsibilities was to those we serve, which was, you know, the suffering addict behind the walls, plus the people going in behind the walls and also for the people that are coming up that are going to be on the subcommittee later, you know, and um it's funny, and that second, uh, and we can't do that. I couldn't do that by myself. If I tried to do that document by myself, you know, I mean, I I could have probably arranged it, but I couldn't have really put any emphasis on it or put any or content, get everybody's opinion, because we had people that have been around a long time, a lot longer than me, that had opinions about strong opinions about certain things, and we went around the room. And, and that thing about without other people, you know, the um, I made sure that everybody got heard, you know, like we did it on, we had to do it on Zoom. 
So I went, I went around the room. I wanted to make sure, cause you know, we have strong personalities. Sometimes some of us are louder than others. And some people will sit there and just be quiet and afraid to say anything. Cause somebody else is louder than me. Right. And I used to be like that. And, um, and I, I made sure we made sure that everybody got a chance to be heard we went around the whole room. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And, um, and that was really beneficial. And we came up with a really good working document. And, um, you know, and we did it together. You know, we did it with uh, a spirit-filled room. We did it with a, uh, with a spirit of recovery behind. So that's all I got on that. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Tony. I don't see any more hands up. Uh, so next we, actually, we have Tony with the next two paragraphs. Can you read the paragraphs for us and comment, Tony? Sure. When we communicate openly, we invite discussion. As we And as we discuss, we often find better ways to do things than any one of us had imagined. In order for a discussion to get us to a new place, we need to let go of our attachment to one particular answer. Being able to track lines of accountability helps us to see the connection between responsibility and surrender. That, in turn, helps us helps to free us from the traps of isolation, resentment, and suspicion that can divide us from one another. Open and clear communication helps us to achieve and maintain accountability and service. Early in the process, we begin to learn the difference between freedom from and freedom to. Freedom from active addiction begins with not using today. That, in turn, gives us freedom to experience a new way of life, which may take us places we had never dreamed of or restore dreams we had lost long ago. In much the same way, we find that responsibilities for something is different from responsibility too. We are responsible for the task assigned to us. We are responsible to the body we report to. In our services, these are two equally important. All the service we do involves accountability to and for NA, and accountability doesn't just keep us honest. It keeps us connected to the group conscience and our higher power. It can be easy to mistake self-will for a driving need. Surrender to group conscience doesn't disempower us. It reminds us to keep service separate from our ego and frees us from any illusions that service experience or outcomes show affect our value as members. Serving in a spirit of selflessness and humility can be challenging, but it's good for us and good for the service we do. That process of surrender will drive us to the steps probably more than once. That is awesome. And I just shared about me being the H&I facilitator. And uh, just recently, this past year, I, I took over the, our, uh, our our area policy uh, chair. And um, the, year I, the year before I took it over, they made it a subcommittee instead of a policy person. And the reason was, was to try to uh, revise the uh, area policy, right? Which was 86 pages long, okay? And it's... Uh, very hard to find things, very redundant, very dated, and it was based on Robert's Rules of Orders. And so we had um, come to a decision, the area did, to go to consent, or RC, RD came up and said, we need to go to consensus-based decision-making. And so we had a lot of discussion and, and about that and what it was and what it meant, because a lot of us didn't understand it. And that's what this, that's what it's all about, is about the spirit, the spirit of consensus, the spirit of everybody participating and having a right to participate in an open discussion about anything. It's not about me. It's not about my ideas. Um, you know, we can have a point of information, a point of contact, a point of uh, reference, uh, you know, something that somebody with some time has a, a thing about. And during this process, what I was able to do with my subcommittee, we started going over it. 
we 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 made we made uh, uh, amendments and you know we, we corrected some things we took things out and then we then we had these workshops well we had the workshops we invited all the gsrs right we invited everybody in the area to come only about a handful shows up and that was that was a hybrid meeting so we met at a place and only five people showed up on on the hybrid meeting and then there was a the, those of us that were there so that was really important you know because I, there was no way any one person could have done this by themselves and um and our goal was to finish it within a year and we did and it was approved by area this just past uh, uh december and um and that's that's the document they're going to now it wasn't about me i they, everybody was thanking me for doing such a great job I was just a facilitator. All I did was facilitate, you know, and that's what these paragraphs are telling me. You know, I have to let go of my attachment. I have to take myself out of the way. Open and clear communication, which I'm that's if I have a strong point, that's it. I want everybody to be involved. I gave the, the treasurer a second to the treasurer. I said, you take that section. What do you guys think it needs to be put in here? I did the RCMs the same way I did. Uh, all the subcommittees, their stuff. I said, take that out. You know, what do we need to fix here? You know? And then everybody came together and sent me what they needed, what they thought should or should not be in there. So, and um, because that's not, you know, that's up to that specific uh specific entity. So um yeah, I really uh I just I, this is this is really perfect for me to read because uh um it's something that I just experienced. So that's all I got. Thanks. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Tony. Um, I have Mike up first and then Gina after him. Hi, I the opening line to the, the paragraph, when we communicate openly, we invite discussion as, and as we discuss, we often find better ways to do things than any one of us had imagined. Uh, it's easy for me to look back now, um, and learn from mistakes. But when I, when I first came around, I, um, I had a hard time with that, like, cause I'm such an idea person that I wanted my ideas and my thoughts and, and, and what I wanted to do, uh, happen. And, you know, I'm talking about like in home groups or in business meetings that I was in. And when those things didn't happen, I mean, it even says it right in here, it says isolation, resentments, you know, and, um, all those things were direct results of 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 what i wanted that didn't happen and um now now in a business meeting i i barely even say anything because our home group has grown so much that there's all these newcomers and i'd rather see their ideas come to come alive than my own because i've i've spent so much time with this whole this group where it was only like three of us holding on and now it's, it's, it's grown to something bigger. So like these ideas that other people have, I, I welcome with open arms. Um, so the, the open and clear communication helps us uh, to achieve and maintain accountability in our service. I would say definitely does for me, for this addict, it does. Um, I don't know. I'm probably rambling now, so I'll end it there. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. Uh, I have Gina up next and then Phil after her. Hey, I'm Gina. I'm Gina. I'm still an addict. 
So I love this slide about we need to let go of attachment to one particular act um, answer. You know, that's so true. I mean, definitely. I mean, there are still times now, but I can certainly see it earlier in my recovery about, you know, going in with, you know, being overzealous and, you know, I've got the right way and being really excited, you know, and forgetting all about inviting a loving higher power into this group of people. You know, it's not my decision, my way, my business meeting, my committee meeting. You know, we just had um, this process last night in a committee meeting, you know, where um, you might have the best laid idea in your head, but if you haven't, you know, I think Des was talking about it Desert Phil was talking about it earlier, where you know you're listening to other people who have more experience, that have more knowledge of the guidelines prior, or have worked on that committee um, longer, or have done, um, you know, th that one person. Everybody has that person in their area that is knows the guidelines in and out. You know that may your idea might be great, but you haven't thought about you know, how will that affect um, a certain aspect of um, that community? Or if you have the resources to perform that event, you know, or if it is going to, um, you know, follow that particular structure of that committee, you know, so um, it's about really um, being able to um, not be attached to having that that discussion open up and um, learning how I mean it and it took a lot for me especially early on and you know because early on in recovery I was all about my ego I had to to learn how to listen you know I mean because I came from a place of you know I'm not enough so I I covered that up with this external facade of you know kind of this Billy badass um, shield of, you know, you're not going to get through, you know, I had to project this image, right? Um, so, so now it's, it's more about what can I learn from you? I want you to teach me. I want, you know, if there's other information that I don't have, please let me know about that. How can I work with you? So I love this line, surrender to the group conscious doesn't disempower us. It reminds us to keep service separate from our ego. I mean, that just, I highlighted that and then underlined it. It's such an important thing in a group structure. You know, um, uh, we, we really need to be able to um, learn how to speak to each other in a group structure that invites all of our knowledge you know, I mean, because we've got new members that come into like our home groups that, um, you know, I want them to be able to participate that, that are brand new. You know, if they've got an idea, bring it to the table. You know, maybe I, I've been here for a while, but please let me hear. I, sometimes I learn the most from somebody that's brand new, just like Mike was saying. They're fr they have fresh eyes, you know. I've been around for a while, so I'm sometimes I'm stale. Could bring me some fresh ideas, you know, stay open. 
Anyway, I think that's enough out of me. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Gina. I have Phil up next and then Des after him. You're muted, Phil. You guys hear me now? Sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, good stuff. Um, a whole bunch of little things in there uh, gra uh, grab me and uh, um, the, the open and clear communication helps us to achieve and maintain accountability uh, in, in service and uh, communication is just so Im important and to maintain the accountability uh, in, in, in service. And I know I, I need to be listening. It's, it's important that I, I, I listen and let, uh, let other members talk and, uh, and, and keep things open and, and get that ego out of the way. But uh, I, I'm just gonna share some, be, be real quick. I love the freedom from and freedom to. I love the uh, responsibility for and uh, the responsibility too. I love the accountability to and for and the accountability for. And it's just the simplicity of those words and how they went with with those spiritual principles. And it just changed changes uh, a whole lot of me meaning and just more substance uh, uh, in recovery. And it and it just speaks volumes uh, to this uh, tradition, you know. Uh, and it's back to that responsibility um, to those they serve. And that's all I have. Thank you, Phil. I have uh, Des followed by myself. Yeah, hi everybody. Uh, Phil, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about that freedom from and freedom to and um, I don't, I don't know, like, like I think about service and I think about um, getting clean and having my own finances, my own ability to give to Narcotics Anonymous. And what does that look like? And I've seen several examples over the years and I've probably been several examples over the years. But what I, what I do know is that doing service um, on any level, it's important to make sure that there's space for the next person who's going to do service. So if my service body has a budget that accounts for my expenses, it's important for me to continue to use those budget items. But now, now the responsibility too, if I don't need the money, I could just make a seventh donation, seventh tradition donation back to that body. And then what happens is the next person that may take that position may not have that money or may have that money, but, but it allows anybody to serve. And we've talked about this here, that we're all equal. We're all the same, you know, nobody is different from one another. So we shouldn't be differentiated by anything. So um, in, in the past, I've seen some elections, not a lot, but I've seen some people lobby for a position because that's what we do. And they say, well, I can afford to travel or I can afford, and you don't have to pay this if you elect me. That shouldn't even be discussed because if we have that budget for it, it's our responsibility to have that that space for anybody to serve. And um, this has been a, a hot topic in my region and something we keep talking about because, um, I mean, if if we have members who believe that that position should be budgeted, 
then they can help believe to make sure that 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 funding is there. And that's an important thing. I mean, maybe it's not quite the the ninth tradition stuff, but I kind of think it is because it's about service efforts and making sure. So for me, um, like the the freedom to live my life means that I have the freedom to serve in the best capacity I can serve without making anybody else feel small or or me feeling small because somebody else made me feel small because I may or may not have the resources, but I have the uh, willingness and the the clean time requirement and the experience, you know. So those things are important to me and and. Um, Recently, I've been leaning towards more uh, fostering and building relationships. How do we bring in the next person? And that's being responsible to and responsible, responsible for the body. Because if I'm serving in a position, but I never talk to the person coming up behind me or tell them what I'm doing, that's not fair. That's not fair. They just come in and then, then they're like, oh shit, now I'm elected, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And I, I watched I've seen that happen. I've had it happen to myself. And I and and just because it's happened to me doesn't mean it's okay for that to happen to someone else. I, you know, it's it's my responsibility to Narcotics Anonymous and my responsibility for the service I've done to make sure that I allow people who come after me to have an understanding that I learned from those positions. So I just wanted to share that. And and this reading was there's so much fire in here. I just love it. And uh yeah, thanks for letting me share. But I, I, I do want to say the very last thing. It always makes me laugh. When, well, not really laugh, but it makes me go, yeah, this is us writing our literature. Because it says that process of surrender will drive us to the steps. And then the last four words, probably more than once. I don't know about you guys, but if you're listening to this, I have worked the steps several times. But I, I know that there's some people who think you, you're one and done. And that's okay, too. That's what they think. But I love that it says probably more than once. It's like a, a little suggestion, like put a parachute on if you jump out of a plane, man. That's all. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> awesome stuff. Thanks, Des. And it's so hard to keep a thought when we're listening on here. But um, you, you, you ended up right where I was hoping to start off. So that thank you for that. That line, uh, the process of surrender will drive us to the steps probably more than once. Um, if you've been following along on this podcast, like I usually put a pretty hard line between service and, and NA as such, um, because it, I, I've separated it in my own head, not like a hard, hard line, um, but to think this is a really beautiful, chaotic situation. Like I get to go into the service structure where they can't tell me to leave. So I'm forced to learn um, and they're forced to put up with me. Um, and I just love that the service structure and the headaches I might incur are the the, the winds because it's, it's like a roller coaster. There's a lot of very exciting moments too. Um, brings me back to NA as such. Like it's going to bring me back to, to looking at my character defects. It's going to bring me back to, to focusing on higher power. It's going to bring me back um, to the steps time and time again. Um, and it prepares me for the rest of my life, right? Right? Like it's 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 a very serious situation to be in service to Narcotics Anonymous. It's something I I, I take. Yeah, most honor and respect too. Um, but I can fuck it up as much as I want here. Um, and I, I don't have to leave. Um, and so I get to learn how to interact with folks in a way I've never interacted with people. Um, and, you know, I, I focus on that a lot here because I think it's one of the things I didn't expect to get when I came to Narcotics Anonymous. I just wanted to not get high anymore. So to find out I'm going to come somewhere that's going to teach me how to connect with people, how to connect with 
um, uh, my spirit, how to connect with things like that, all through interactions of people just like me. Um, missed it up, man. It's going to take me back to any of such time and time again. Um, and I'm starting to uh, kind of blur my hard line between NA as such and NA service, you know, but uh, I think my hard line is more so that it, even if you are involved in service, you need to stay involved in NA as such. Um, it doesn't replace it. So anyway, that's all I have on that. If anybody else or nobody else has any anything else on that, I'm actually up next on the questions for members. The first question um, is, when do I most feel like a part of NA as such? And what actions help me to experience that feeling? Um, when do I feel the most a part of NA as such? I think it's on one-on-one -on -one interaction um, or in service and things like that where I'm talking with people um, and, and it's very back and forth. Uh, what actions help me to experience that feeling is staying plugged in. Um, I, I didn't come here with that, that the goal of, hey, I'm gonna call 10 addicts a day, but I do. You know, and it's not because it's like a checklist item anymore. It's because these are the people I talk to, um, you know, and these are the people I share my problems with. And these are the people that uh, have helped me get through things. Um, and meetings are super important. I, I'm a meeting maker, but like I go there to share that part with other people. You know, I, I go I go to the meeting to, to, to share what I can, where I can. Um, but the, the NA is such piece for me is, is definitely focused more on the one-on-one -on -one um, sponsorship being at the core of that, uh, reading in my literature, connecting with others, um, is kind of, is what saved me. And like I said, the meetings, not knocking them at all, I love them to death, but like, it's, it's, it's more to share the, the experience at than, than to just, um, I think we all know a few people that just, just go to meetings, <laughs> don't have step work, don't have a sponsor, just show up to meetings and, like I said, man, if all you're doing is staying clean, you're doing service to Narcotics Anonymous, I'm not knocking anything. I'm just saying, in my experience, to get the full value out of this, it really involves sitting down um, with other addicts and discussing what was going on with me and, and getting experience and, and help in the areas I needed that help. I think that's all I have on question one. Did anybody else want to jump in? All right. If I'll jump in, Will. Um just because I think it's such a good question. The when did I most feel like a part of NA as such? I, I just can't let that go by. I'm sorry. I, I just feel that it, it it's just such a good feeling. And I think when I first got clean, how did I feel a part of NA as such? Just when I first started making eye contact with people, like I didn't do that in the beginning. I couldn't even look up from the floor, you know, and I didn't feel relevant. And I, I didn't really know that I was staying. And then the thing that made me most feel like a part of NA as such, which is so much bigger than just two words, it's so huge, was just that interaction, you said it, the one-on-one -on -one interaction, the group, you know, just connecting with somebody with the heart. And I've been in places where I haven't even spoken the same language as somebody, but we're pointing at the, at the medallions or we're pointing at the service symbol or we're pointing at our literature and we're connected because we know the disease that we have. And it's so powerful and it's so cool. And uh, I, I just I, I just had to say that because I couldn't let it go by. But I feel the most connected with Narcotics Anonymous when I'm with another member of Narcotics Anonymous. And we're both equally excited about how brilliant this program is. So thanks for letting me share that. Awesome. Thanks, Des. What do you got, Bill? Wow, that was good. Uh, 
uh, I too, I couldn't let that uh, go by because uh, uh, what ac actions helped me to experience uh, that feeling. Uh, for me, for me, it's it, it's caring and sharing uh, with with others uh, with our language and 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 our ways of, of life uh, in uh, recovery. And uh, for 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 me, um, there's just nothing in this world that I've experienced other than the recovery that we have in uh, Narcotics Anonymous. And uh, uh, no matter what's going on, on with, with me, I can go uh, uh, to, to any meetings and no, no matter how I'm feeling, good, bad, indifference, or like whatever, I can go to uh, our meetings and get, um, get some kind of relief. You know, our common welfare um, um, does come first. And, um, and with us all being equal, uh, for me, with the feelings and experience, uh, I have a place to go, or should I say, we all have a place uh, to go uh, to express our feelings. That's all I got. Thank you, Phil. Hey, Tony. Yeah, I wasn't going to share until I heard you all sharing. You know, like it reminded me when I first got clean and I... Um, my first home group was right up the street from uh, where I used to work and uh, I met at 530 in the afternoon on Wednesdays. And um, and uh, after three months clean, my sponsor said, uh, oh, you're going to be the secretary because you can get the closest one and you can open up the meeting. And I'm like, you know, I was scared to death. Right. I didn't because I didn't feel part of them. I felt I like the meetings. I felt good. I was starting to feel something, but I didn't feel part of. And so I'd go in there sometimes angry and pissed off because I was grumpy. I was tired. I wanted to go home. I was had a bad day at work, whatever. And I set up the meeting. And then by the end of the meeting, you know, and, and I just felt something different. We had newcomers coming in. I got to see, hear people share what they needed to share. I got to see some kind of a connection uh, that something was going on. And if we weren't there to open up the rooms, if we weren't up there to open up the meeting, then maybe those people wouldn't have a place to go, you know, and here I was being selfish and, you know, grumpy and, you know, being self-centered back then and all that. Right. Cause I was still learning how to, I didn't know what living meant yet. So um, that's where I really started to get that feeling. And then I started to get the feeling of gratitude and I got to see uh, that's when my seeing how service can be so important too. And so that's when I started to really feel part of that's when my growth started to happen from that point on. It was really, really important part in my recovery. I, even though I was kind of angry at my first sponsor for that, I kind of now I'm like, <laughs> thank you very much. That's all I got. Awesome. Thanks, Tony. Nobody else has their hand up. I have Miss Gina taking question two. Okay. All right. It's Gina here. Still not it. Okay. This is a power packed question. So um, how do I practice responsibility as a member and a servant? To whom am I responsible in any service position I currently hold? To whom am I responsible when I perform service without a title? Wow, okay. So um, the first part of that, how do I practice responsibility as a member and a servant? Um, I think that I try to remember the primary purpose, um, first and foremost, you know, to carry uh, uh, the message to the still suffering addict. Um, and that um, I also try to focus on 
what is good for the whole, you know, our unity would come to mind as well, you know. Um, I mean, those those would be the first two things that come to mind. Um, I, I think that I, I keep that in my awareness mo most of the time. Um, I'm not a saint, but I think that, you know, I mean, if you've been in an ASC meeting with me on occasion, I might get a little excited, but I try to keep that in mind. Um, to whom am I responsible in any service position I currently hold? Well, I mean, first it would be to whatever body that I am assigned. Like right now I sit on the PR committee. So um, it would be specifically to that body and then the um, area and then um, uh, to um, uh, really I, the, I'm kind of stumbling on this one, but I, I guess I'm making this way more complicated. The bottom line is um, the group ultimately has got a, the conscious of the body itself and um, a loving higher, higher power when they invite that into the mix. And then to whom am I responsible when I perform service without a title? Um, definitely a loving higher power in myself. Um, you know, I was thinking about, I was kind of getting choked up when Will was talking about um, um, how, how much that NA, he got so much more from NA than he ever thought about like doing service you know, the, how it spilled over into his life. I mean, I was sharing about that today. We took um, a panel into um, a dual diagnosis center today, uh, an H&I member and myself from PR. We did um, a newcomer workshop. And um, it was, you know, I really mean it when I talk about tradition three, you know, that it doesn't matter where you're at, you know, you can be loaded, you can ha have whatever going on, you can be, you know, locked up, you can be dual diagnosed, you can be an axe murderer, you can be, you know, um, neglected your kids. Um, and, you know, there were some people obviously struggling when we were speaking, you know, but it really didn't matter. I mean, what we were doing there today, um, you know, we were carrying a message and um, it, it just, um, it resonates so much. I mean, who I talked about like learning my first moment of being accountable. I mean, when I first got clean, my very first service commitment was cleaning ashtrays, you know, I mean, um, you, you know, I, and it was important because it was a small room and it, it was long enough ago where, you know, we actually still smoked in meetings and they relied on me to, 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 to do that. And then the next thing I did was make coffee, but that was my very first service commitment. And I learned accountability and I learned responsibility, you know, um, they trusted me to go buy coffee. So they gave me money to go buy coffee. I mean, um, you know, I had kind of forgotten how to do all of that, being out there getting loaded and nobody trusted me with shit. 
at that point in my life. So, I mean, the simple, small pieces of service that gave me that structure in my life, all of that. So that last one, to whom am I responsible when I perform service without a title, that that very last question that brought me straight back to that early time in my recovery where, you know, it gave me um, more than anything parts of myself back that I had lost using, you know, um, the group gave me part of me back because they believed in me. They welcomed me. They, you know, they taught me more about, um, how NA welcomes and that whole thing about loving you until you can love yourself. That was really true. And I learned that through service. And I don't really know if I'm answering that question, but, you know, between listening to what Will had to say and my experience today, uh, it just really, um, you know, I can't say enough about doing service in Narcotics Anonymous. I mean, I, I, the longest that I've gone without doing service in NA is four months. Um, and um, my entire clean time. And, um, you know, I, uh, it's, it's what's kept me connected. And um, I get more out of it than I can explain. So I think that's all I've got on that. Awesome stuff, Gina. You answered that fully. Thank you so much for the shout out. Um, does anybody else have a hand up for question two? If not, we have Phil taking us off on question three. Okay. Um, how do I balance um, accountability, responsibility, and authority in my NA service positions? How do I determine when it's best to seek guidance? from those I serve and when it's appropriate to exercise the trust placed in me as a trusted servant. Okay, I guess the first uh, sentence, uh, how do I balance accountability, responsibility, and authority in my NA service positions? Uh, uh, I'm gonna use that, um, what we read previously, accountability four and two and responsibility four and two and then just look at what the um, tradition uh, is, is saying, responsible responsible to those um, that they serve. But uh, the um, balancing uh, piece in, in my service positions, uh, um, I guess the balance would be, be, be me doing it to the best of my ability with a whole bunch of humility and um, being able to have those lines of communications uh, open if I'm, if, say, if I'm messing up or something's wrong and uh, getting called on my, my stuff. You know, I guess, I guess it's, uh, the positions will be to the, to the best of my ability and um, uh, to try to do those uh, right things, uh, no matter what position it is, for the right reasons. You know, meaning if it, if it would have been like GSR treasurer, secretary, or whatever, or just um, a greeter, or whatever, just uh, doing what I'm, I'm supposed to do, you know, if I'm supposed to be there, just do it to the best of my ability, and um, and then, okay, 
how do I determine when, determine when it's best to seek guidance from those I serve and when it is a, appropriate to exercise the trust placed in me as a trusted servant? Um, for me, it's back to that, that, that humility and, and the ego out of the way uh, and uh, taking uh, directions, following directions. And, and, um, and especially if there was an example in front of me that did it this way, and they showed me to do this position this way for me to try to emulate and, 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 and do it, do it that way. Um, um, and then once again, um, um, being in the fellowship that, that, that we got and, and with, with members in humanness, uh, uh, get, getting called on our stuff, you know, um, um, I can grow when I'm getting called on, on, on my stuff. And if I, and if I, and, and hey, being in, in uh, this fellowship and, and me not getting called on my stuff, I, um, <laughs> I might be in the wrong fellowship because uh, I do get called on, on my stuff from time to time. Uh, it's still doing things to the best of my uh, um, ability. And, um, and then sometimes when my time's up for something uh, to move on, let, let the next person uh, get in there and, and, and hopefully stay around and, and try to train them and show them uh, something too. And to be that uh, best example I can be. And that's all I have. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Phil. My name is Will and I'm an addict. How do I balance accountability, responsibility, and authority in my NA service positions? Um, good practice for me is I try to do everything out loud. Um, I noticed from, from step work and myself that uh, when I want to uh, manipulate something, when I want to try and make something go my way or put my hands on it, I tend to not talk about it. Um, I, I tend to try and let things slide by and stay in the slick. So for me, I, I out loud talk about what I'm doing um, with my sponsor, with the group, with whoever I'm serving, all that stuff out loud. How do I determine when it's best to seek guidance for those, from those I serve and when it's appropriate to exercise trust placed in me as a trusted servant? Like I'm kind of a stickler on this one. Like you have to almost get me in a corner to get me to vote on something or do something that, that wasn't approved by the body that sent me somewhere. Um, I have to be convinced that like this has to be solved today. Like maybe we're gonna lose our meeting space or, or there's some business stuff like reimburse somebody for some paper. Um, but if it's anything that, that's a decision for the group, like it's going back to the group um, or how I'm staying in. Like, and, but I do, I do know like, so a lot of times when we go to these bigger service bodies, the same thing keeps getting brought up and brought up before it goes to a motion. Um, so I don't always just report back on motions and money and things like that. I report back on those conversations as well. Hey, this keeps coming up. This is starting to come up. We may want to look at how we feel about this. I feel like it's going to be an issue. Um, and we have all those conversations. Um, not just because I feel like it's the right thing to do, but like I'm scared to death to fuck something up. I really am. Even though I know if I do, like it's going to be forgiven. It's going to blow over. Like, um, you know, I would... RCM the past couple of years and uh something with the phone line there was a home group that was just questioning whether our phone line was something we should keep but like I had to write him a report like three months in a row because I kept I just wasn't answering it good enough for him I guess you know and things and it just it kind of goes it just kind of went to show me that like we have a pretty big area a big, big region like 
one little person has a question, like I'm, I'm now serving that one, that one group. Like I am, I am responsible to, 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 to give them the information I have, uh, to take their concerns where I'm going. Um, and it doesn't have to come from a big body. It can come from the smallest area. And it's still, I feel like I, I'm still, you know, on the hook to do that. Um, especially when I, I feel like I answered it right already once and twice and I just, I'm missing something, you know, and I feel like I'm getting aggravated, but that's, that's why I'm there. Um, that's all I have. I see your hand up, Des. Yeah, uh, thanks so much and, and good stuff that everybody talked about. And I just wanted to say, um, how do I determine when it's best to seek guidance from those I serve and when it's appropriate to exercise the trust placed in me as a trusted servant? So I too, when I'm in those positions um, where decisions might have to be made that can't always come back to the body I serve. I really try to have those forthcoming conversations with the body and take the time. And it doesn't have to always happen on the floor of the body. That means uh, having those conversations outside of the meetings. How do you guys feel? What, what are you feeling about this? Um, you know, gauging, just gauging where they're at. And, and currently I'm a regional delegate for my region and we're going into the um, World Service Conference coming up and um, in my region, we now have um, something in our guidelines that says that our regional delegates do have that trust from the body. Pr prior to that, we had to always vote on whether or not the regional delegate would have that trust. And then we decided to put it in policy because it would come up and then it would be a question of character and a question of this. And it would just become this long winded discussion that just hurt people's feelings. And then we finally said, we always voted yes, but we had to talk about it for such a long time, you know? And then the people going to WSC were like, well, do I really, can I really change my vote or not? And, and the truth is, as long as I'm having those conversations with as many members of my region as I can, and I'm as transparent, like this is where transparency comes in. And I let them know, you know, this is how we voted. This is why we voted. This is what happened. And I, I do want to give a shout out to technology because I think it's really cool today that we can report real time stuff. And I don't know that that was always the case. Sometimes we couldn't report until we got back. But today we can report on a real time basis. And that's really cool. And I think um, using the tools that are available have always helped. And I think, um, you know, that's the balance for me between accountability, responsibility and authority. And how I find that balance is using whatever tools are available to have that open communication with the people that, you know, I serve or the people that serve me, you know, try to talk to them as much as possible. And, and I can't say enough how much this program has allowed me the gift of communication. I couldn't even make a complete sentence when I got here. You know, I, I couldn't look at people. I, if I did talk, I was just making really rude threats and swearing. It was almost like a Tourette's reaction all the time. And today I can have real, genuine, authentic conversations with people. And that's the gift of this program. And that's the gift of serving Narcotics Anonymous. So thanks for letting me share that. And thanks everybody for everything tonight. Yeah, Des, thank you. Anybody else want to chime in before we wrap up? If not, thank you everybody for joining us tonight. We will be back next week carrying on with Tradition 9. Have a great night.
Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.